7 to 8 p.m. Sport on with Tabi Somosia. I think, uh, you know, we slowly, slowly grounded them down. Um, they're a good side. When I said it before the game, they're a very good side. Um, I think altitude as well, you know, obviously playing up here catches you in the second half. And then, as you say, we weren't great in the first half. You know, we let every ball bounce. Every time the ball went in the air, they probably won every single one of those contestables in the air, whether we knocked it on or whether they got it back in the air. So, yeah, it was a little bit, little bit frustrating in the first half, but I mean, obviously very, very proud about the way that we finished off and got the bonus point. I mean, obviously it's very close. You know, if you consider both teams have grown, um, we've had a year together now. You know, we obviously haven't been together as long as the coaching staff and the players at the Sharks or the Stormers, you know. So it, it's nice to see that at least we've, we've built on where we were a, a year ago in that Super Saturday, um, just over a year ago. Um, and it was good. I mean, be fair, guys. I mean, it's, uh, forwards were really good, backs played well in the second half. To keep the Sharks, who've got a great attack, you know, trialists is also, you know, great. Uh, it's wonderful for Joey Mongoli. That's... Uh, if you consider last week we didn't get a try scored against us, this week we're going to try scored against us. So, you know, I'm very happy that the coaching staff are, are getting a return on all the hard work they've done. It's a wonderful position to be in when you can leave two Springbok props on the bench. Um, I thought the front row that are, you know, relatively young scrum really well in the beginning of the game. Um, and as you say, Ulrich Lowe has just come out of under 21s. I mean, uh, to have an impact like that off, off the bench uh, was fantastic for us. So, yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, it's great. I mean, I think we all understand, everyone included, you know, even you guys know that the bench is, plays a vital role now in, in finishing off a game. A very good evening, everybody, and thank you for staying with us on SAFM and for joining us on SAFM Spot On with me, Tavi Somusia. Katlaho Mudiba is producing the show, assisted by Ben Ricotzo and KG is in technical with us this evening. We've opened with a clip from the director of rugby at the Bulls. That's Jake White after their thumping win over the Sharks in the Rainbow Cup South Africa this past weekend. They smashed them by 43 points to 9. It's three wins in a row now for Jake White's Bulls and they have been dominant since he took over, since he returned to South Africa. Remember, they won Super Rugby Unlocked. They won um, the Culling Curry Cup and there's no stopping them in the Rainbow Cup now, South Africa. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens when they eventually get to go to get to go to go Europe and get to play against some of those teams in the proper Rainbow Cup now because it looks like Jake White has something good going on there at the Bulls. But um, tonight on the show, though, we're going, to talk, uh, we're going to talk a lot of cricket, actually. That's after last night's statement from Cricket South Africa that they've postponed the eagerly awaited social justice and nation-building project, which has been dubbed as the Truth and Reconciliation Commission of Cricket, uh, the TRC of Cricket in South Africa. Uh, the public hearings were due to start today after numerous submissions were received, and now Cricket South Africa's interim board say they want to look at the legal implications, or as they say, rather, they want clarity regarding the process of any public uh, hearing. So they want legal clarity and hence the decision then to postpone uh, these hearings. We are not sure until when, but it's led to some outrage from certain sectors, including former players and the former independent um board member at Cricket South Africa, Dr. Eugenia Kula Ameyao. She went on Twitter and she slammed yet another postponement of what she believes is one of the most pressing matters in South African cricket of the field of play, which is a transformation. So it's not going down well. And uh, the person who is supposed to chair these hearings, the Transformation Ombud Advocate Dumisan Sabeza, will chat to us tonight about this postponement and give us background also on uh, this social um, justice and nation-building project. What really um, are these public hearings about and uh, if you if you have missed it and how we got to this stage remember there was that um there were those startling revelations last year um, in the midst of the Black Lives Matter and it went on and spilled over to cricket and some of the former players and former administrators and coaches were on the show talking about uh, sharing their own stories of discrimination and exclusion in South African cricket. So that led then to the formation of this office that is led by advocate Dumisan Tsebeza and uh, they were supposed to have public hearings from today. Submissions, some submissions have been received but they will tell us more about that tonight on the show and we're also going to hear from one of the journalists that has been following this story very, very, very closely. And then we did request a comment from um, the former Bafana Bafana coach Malif Inseki and his agent after Bafana coach Hugo Bruch confirmed on the show last Friday that Malif Inseki will be his local assistant, something that has now been denied by Safa, who say they have not yet an 
made an official appointment and I think it sums up how they've handled this whole coaching issue but uh, we do understand that there was a meeting today with the coach with the former coach Mulif Inseki and also his uh, representatives and Safa uh, today so we're not sure how that meeting went and I think maybe that's why they're not able to speak to us tonight maybe they're still in the meeting who knows um, but um, from what we understand over the past few few days is that the reason that Safa are denying this appointment is that there are a couple of names that were also recommended for this assistant coach position one of them being David Notoane as you might have seen also in Times Live this past weekend and it's believed that some members of the technical committee were shocked then when Hugo Bruch revealed on the show that uh, he, he's chosen Belief Inseki as his assistant I think their first option or their first recommendation was David Notoane and so it looks like there is some sort of a power struggle there going on at Safa again uh, when it comes to the appointment of the local assistant coach now i wonder how Yugov bruce feels about this mess that he's gotten himself into but anyway if we're not able to get a hold of them we're going to take we're going to talk about care football later on the show but firstly we'll talk cricket you can send us your voice notes to this number 061-4104-107 for whatsapp 061-4104-107 at sfm radio and at tabiso musia on twitter Okay, so let's discuss, let's talk, let's find out more about the postponement, rather, of the public hearings that were set to resume, well, to get underway today um, for that eagerly, that's for the Social Justice and Nation Building Project, of course, and we are joined on the line now by the Transformation Ombud, Advocate Dumisa Nsebeza. Good evening, Advocate, and thank you very much for finding time to speak to us tonight on SAFM. Good evening, Tabiso. I listened to your summary of what it is all about, and I said, Tabiso is very crude about what this entire thing is all about. But I'm here to, to answer your question. Yes, thank you, Advocate. And we just need a little bit more clarity. And and yes. I think the first the first part where we need clarity and to get a better understanding, Advocate, is just to understand what's led to this postponement. You know, you must search me. Let me tell you this. Mm. Right from the time that I was recalled, I won't go into the history, mm. but from the 1st of April, I've been working very hard. I even, you know, arranged with the board, especially in conversations with the deputy chair, uh, Professor Andre Wadna, mm. that uh, I need to have some uh, sort of legal advisor. But the reality is coming here as, as, as somebody who, who gives me support. That is why she has been able to hold, you know, some interviews with some news media as well. Now, We've been working flat out, um, working to an agenda. I even recall that I said, you know, this uh, project, which is now being resuscitated, albeit in a truncated way, mm. comes at a time when I've been appointed to be a judge of the African Court for Human and Peace Rights. Mm. Uh, and therefore, you know, uh, we need to take that into account. Yes, but remember that the deputy chair was saying, no, look, we will work our schedule around yours as far as that is concerned. And we started to work. I started to, you know, to refuse some of the work in my chambers, uh, court work and all that, because I wanted to make this thing a success. Because if this thing is successful, it will be a benchmark for all sporting courts. Now, so from the 1st of April, you know, or even before that March, from, but from the 1st of April, we started preparing. We work hard with Advocate Nile to be where, you know, uh, we were able to say to Professor Andre Odendar, you know, in the week that has just come to an end, you are one of the people with Dr. Eugenia and another uh, sporting journalist, a veteran journalist who was in sport, Domino Matez. Mm. The three of you must set the scene because Domino, with all his wealth of experience, will be able to, you know, contextualize what social justice and nation building in the sporting world in this country means from the perspective of journalists who have been following the history of cricket since 1991, the Unity Talks, mm. you know, and even before that. Yes. Then Professor Andrew Ondernal, as a historian and as an author of note, he's written, he's a prolific writer, 
you know, he mm. will give that perspective of, you know, the stages in cricket, you know. And then, of course, with Dr., you know, um, Eugenia, yes. Eugenia, uh, she's passionate about trans- transformation. And she was involved in the previous board. And, in fact, truth be told, when I was interviewed, it became clear to me that particularly the SJN project is so close to her heart that we can easily say it is her brainchild. Mm. So I came on board on that basis, and uh, I started to work tirelessly. Now, can you imagine that? And then, of course, on the, on the 14th of May, there was a letter that was addressed to me by attorneys, uh, one David Becker or Becker Low uh, Camp, who said he was representing one of the players, you know, um, you know, two of the players. And, uh, and he was saying there was a tweet uh, in which it was clear that uh, the person who was doing the tweet was not aware that that person is not insulated from defamatory, you know, uh, uh, lawsuits that may be brought against him for some of the things that, mm. you know, were there. So, and then I said, you know, um, look, I'm going to take instructions. And, and, and I knew uh, that what I was going to propose to the board is that we need a firm of attorneys who is going to deal with other attorneys who write these kinds of letters? Not that I was not in a position to deal with the letter that came from that firm of attorneys, because I actually did. Mm. But because I want to concentrate on my mandate, on my job. And therefore I informed, you know, via email, the, uh, those who I, I, you know, the chairman, and I said to the chairman, hey, listen, uh, I've received this kind of uh, letter from attorneys, uh, and I've dealt with with it accordingly. And my position to those attorneys was a simple one: one, all those people who are going to testify before me are going to be aware, or because I will tell them that whatever they say must be the whole truth, the truth, the whole truth, and nothing else but the truth. Secondly, whoever they say things about, which are not favorable to them, those people will be given an opportunity to be heard, not only to be heard, to also make their own submissions and to come before my process and testify in the battle of whatever it is that they have a query with mm-hmm. in the submissions that will have been made. And then I said, a further second bite at the cherry for those people who might have been mentioned as perpetrators by those who feel aggrieved by what they allegedly would have done in the past uh, to affect their careers in all the manners that were mandated by my, you know, by my mandate, you know, to look at discrimination, all of that. Before I write my, you know, my, my report, I will give a further opportunity to the person who had been maligned, you know. And then I say, you made a statement, you came and testified before me, the companion made a statement, they came and testified before me, now I'm going to write, uh, uh, you know, uh, my finding. I may find that against you. Can you make representations to me? This is now your second bite at the cherry mm-hmm. at being heard. Can you make it before I make the finding? So that when I make the finding, I will have taken into account, you know, your 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 input. Now, how fair, how fair, how far fair uh, can the process be? Because how fair can the process be? Because you're giving them a right of reply, also a right of reply. Mm. So this was until I got wind that there was a board meeting. No, I didn't matter. And then I was told by the CEO, the acting CEO, that the board would like to see the ombuds, uh, the people working in the office of the ombuds. 
And uh, firstly, I thought it was going to be Saturday, and then I was told it was going to be at 15.45 on Sunday. And I came to the, to, 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 you know, I tuned in, and there I was. And can you imagine how shocked I was when in the course they began to raise issues about legal implications and whatever. And I told them what I've just told you. Mm. That Meromotu, that on my, you know, in my, in my own way, I had made sure that there is going to be a fairness in the process and that without allowing cross-examination, all of those kinds of things. Because, I mean, look, <laughs> it's six months as a Monday period. There's mm. no way you are going to go through uh, uh, everything that you would like to do with cross-examination involved. But you must make sure that the process is going to be fair in the manners in which I've described. So this is what I put to the board. And uh, I mean, then I got shocked. When some board members, one of the board members said, you know, uh, why must this thing be public in any event? Huh. You know, you know? And, and then I said, look, if you ask me, you know, uh, it's a no-brainer. And, and I mean, I want to say now to whoever is listening or cares to listen, there is no way that I'm going to be associated with a process that is not going to be, other, uh, you know, accessed by the public. It's, it's a non-starter, you know. Mm. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and if I make myself clear at the meetings, and I can tell you now, I'll make myself very clear. And I want the listening public to know that this, that is my position. And just to be clear, Advocate, then the, the, the request to postpone the hearing came from the interim board. I said, if you want a legal, to consult a legal, uh, you know, a legal firm of attorneys, mm-hmm. uh, which is, uh, you know, must be a legal assistance to the, say, you know, to this SJN project. They are hearing tomorrow. You know, uh, there's no way you are going to employ them because th- when you employ them, they must consult with me. Mm. And they must show me, you know, because I've got something between my ears. They must show in what way am I, you know, am I not doing things, you know. Uh, they must allay your fears, you know, of legal risks that uh, this process is not taken into account. Though I feel I've taken all the, you know, uh, precautions yeah. that work. But I cannot self-legally advise myself, you know. And therefore, I welcome, I welcome the notion that, you know, uh, the proceedings must be postponed because I can't see it happening tomorrow when you are having hearings scheduled for 10 o'clock and then you are going to employ lawyers. It, it's clear to me that it is going to have to be postponed. Why? Because those lawyers will have to then come and tell me, A, what are their instructions? What does the board actually want? And because now I hear that there are some board members who are even thinking that this process could be, could be anything but public hearings. You know, so... Uh, and then somebody suggested, well, you can just postpone for two or three days. Then I said, that, that dog won't bark. That dog won't bark because you don't know what is going to be involved in the... The, the best thing would be to postpone this thing sine year so that you can make all the arrangements that you as the board want to make, get a legal firm of attorneys, and then that firm of attorneys will instruct counsel if they want to, but they will have to consult with me and raise the issues that you are raising and deal with them, and then we have got a process that will proceed when everybody is there. So the question of postponement, I said, it can't happen. I can't have these hearings tomorrow and still you entertain your concerns of we're having to employ a legal firm of attorneys who is going to address all these million questions that you raised about the 
legality of the process. I guess that's you why know, you are quoted. At, yes. No, sorry yeah. to come in. I was saying that's why you are quoted as saying that um, failure to do so then may compromise the legitimacy of this process. Yes. You know, but, but, but look at it this way. They come to me and say, look, we have got concerns about, you know, the risks, residual risks in the process. You know, uh, they say so hardly 12, 12 hours before mm-hmm. the commencement of the hearings, in which one of them, the deputy chair, no less, is in the agenda and mm-hmm. program of those who are going to testify. They spring this thing on me. Okay, that's interesting. And 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 a lot of people have raised and questioned the timing. Even as us in the media, we received the statement last night, almost at midnight, that the hearings oh, yeah. have now been postponed. I guess that's also a concern for you, advocate. Then could they have raised these issues earlier with you? They they should have. I mean, for instance, if they had problems, not unless they are not in a position to talk to each other. Mm. Yeah. I am sending a list of people who are going to be called to do the scene setting. It's not a secret. Mm. You know, one of them is the deputy chair himself. Mm. He doesn't say, hey, look, we've got concerns about the legal implications. There is a letter. Why didn't they say on the 14th of May when they got that letter that came from those attorneys, Becker, and camp attendees. Why didn't they say to me, hey, look, we have a concern about this. Can we have an emergency meeting? Nobody did. Mm-hmm. Simply, and even on Saturday, when they had this board meeting, why do they not deal with this meet up front to say, hey, we need to have an emergency meeting? No, they, they, they called me to a meeting at quarter to four on Sunday. When I am preparing, you know, I'm making all the arrangements in the hearing room and what have you, I'm putting stuff, I, you know, security, everything, you know, because the first person who's going to be called is Dr. You know, uh, Eugenia yes. Amel to set the scene. There is also, I want to say, there is also the deputy chair who is coming. And there is also, and and now it, when when, <laughs> the thing is, it became clear that they were divided. Mm. I can tell you, there were some of the board members, in my assessment, who you know who felt that the process must go on, and some of them, obviously, felt that the process must must not go on. And then I said to them, if your requirement is that, uh, you know, this matter must be referred to a new firm of attorneys and all of that, and I welcome that for all the reasons I've stated, then there can be no tomorrow. And it seems to me now there are those who lash on that as having been my suggestion. How else could it have happened? Yes, and that's exactly why I called. We called and we wanted to seek clarity, Advocate Zabeza, because there were suggestions that it was your decision, or maybe it was put that way, even in the statement that were released, that was released. But I'm glad that you've clarified uh, that part for us. No, 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 no. I was ready to crack, you know, but then they raised their concerns. They want these concerns to be carried by a a firm of attorneys and and, and counsel advice and whatever you. I, then I say, it can't, then we can't proceed tomorrow mm. if you have got misgivings. Is it for you to say if these concerns are valid or not? Well, as I say, when when I received the letter from those attorneys, I told them. I said, as far as I'm concerned, I've taken enough precautions mm. to make sure that the process is fair and that your clients and your clients' interests will be protected, A, by people testifying on the road, and B, by you giving two chances, two bites of the cherry to address the problems which you encounter in the submissions that are made. You will be heard before I make my findings and judgment. You will still be heard. I I cannot apologize for the process Mm -hmm. that I had 
I had I had embarked upon. But you know, maybe when their lawyers come and consult with me, they will they will try. But there's one thing I I am not going to compromise on, and I just want to make that very clear to people in this country. I will not be party to a process that will be under the table, not on an issue such as this one. I was about to ask, Advocate, I mean, how important are these hearings? Because a lot of people have been waiting for them. We saw, we had the revelations, some startling revelations being made last year, and now here was a platform then for these issues to be dealt with. And the platform was announced by me in all of my press briefings. Mm. I never was not transparent. Because transparency is one of the foundational values of our constitutional democracy. Gone are the days when we had those commissions that met in the dark. Okay, you can send us your voice notes to 0614104107. I believe we do have one. Okay, let's just play one quickly. Uh, good evening, Tabis, and good evening to the Ombudsman. Uh, it's uh, Libra here from East London. <clears throat> Sorry, I've just got one question for him, and that question is: uh, We have heard a lot of players, um, you know, saying that they were labelled as quota players because of the, the you know, most the uh, the quota system in South Africa, where in a domestic setup the team is required to have six players of colour and uh, three black Africans within those six players. So, what is your stance on that? Um, you know, um, because I believe that part of your recommendations in that uh, in your report must be to abolish the Goda system because we have players here being labeled as Goda uh, players. I'm not saying that we must move away from transformation, we must not transform, but all I'm saying is that players, black players, are being labeled as Goda players because of this system. If you want to transform, then you need to invest in township and rural areas. Thank you very much, Tabis. What are your thoughts around that, advocate? Because this is really destroying our cricket. Thank you very much. Okay. I don't disagree. I agree mm. with him 100%. In fact, I was so glad that there were submissions made by the Afri Forum who are raising that debate pointedly. You know, that uh, this whole debate about transformation, you know, usually is a thinly disguised effort of putting up targets and disguise those targets, uh, putting up quotas and disguise them in a fancy language of calling them you know, uh, targets. But that is exactly why it was important for this to be held, for the people of this country to hear. Views from the furthest right to the furthest left and those in between. That's how you achieve healing. That's how you achieve truth-telling. And that's why I was saying, I don't want to be limited to the voices that I need to listen to. I have been had the privilege of having been in the Truth and Reconciliation Commission. Mm. I had the privilege of having been in the Marikana Commission representing 37, you know, families. I mean, families of 37 mine workers were killed in that unfortunate event. I had the pleasure and the privilege of chairing a commission of inquiry authorized by the South African Institute of Chartered Accountants to inquire into whether the conduct of certain chartered accountants, especially from KBMG, was commensurate with what was expected of them in terms of their ethical codes. Uh, you know, I, I'm not... Uh, I'm not without experience, at yes, what I, you know, especially I, in this field, and, and I don't want to be immodest, but I'm the man for the job. Yes, and and also, Avrigate. Now, you've also mentioned that there are or you have already received submissions. What is the tone, or what do you pick up from the submissions that you have received? Yeah, look, I wouldn't like to disclose that, but I can tell you now: a number of the submissions are around discrimination. You know. So much so, I am going to make arrangements uh, with my, uh, you know, assistant, the uh, advocate, to meet with the players. Because I want them to hear it from me, not in the streets, as to what I wanted, what I still want to happen, that people must come and be true. And for them, who have been looking to this project, 
who had been looking to this project as now a platform that they can come and air their grievances of victimhood. Now it's nipped in the bud on a basis which they don't understand. I'm for the truth. Yeah. I'm going to tell him, tell them like I've told you, that I got shocked only on Sunday afternoon and evening. And now, from now, how much time do they have to basically go look at these legal implications that they are concerned about? Is there a time frame now? Well, it will depend on what they instruct their lawyers to do. Because the lawyers are the lawyers that must be instructed by the board. Mm. And then the board, having instructed their lawyers, whether it is through the CEO or through the chairman of the board, those lawyers must consult with me. And then we must look at the terms of reference. And then we must talk, you know, very frankly about how he sees the process. Mm. And you've, you've already explained the roles of some of the people that you've roped in, but maybe on your role as the transformation ombud, what is expected then of you in this whole process, Advocate? Well, like the definition of an ombudsman says or an ombudsperson nowadays, you know, an ombudsperson is a person who listens to complaints and then finds whether, you know, they have, and in, especially in terms of the, you know, terms of reference of this, you know, you know of, of this project. The idea is to establish whether discrimination, which was unfair on the basis of race and gender, you know, impacted the lives of any one of the people who were, you know, stakeholders. Not just players. There were other stakeholders, people who were coaches, people who were, you know, uh, managers, uh, people who may have felt that they don't, they've hit the ceiling roof where they are, or they just have no prospects of ever advancing in an upward trajectory because of the color of their skin or because of their gender. That was my, my, you know, that was my, uh, my, mm. uh, my assignment. Mm. And I don't want to repeat it. I'm the man for the job, but there are others out there who could do the job better than I can. But there is no way anyone can second guess me about what I had to do here. And you sound no. very disappointed how things have unfolded, especially at the last minute now. I am very disappointed. I cannot pretend. Whatever the press statement that was that went on, you know, uh, because as I say, you know, <laughs> you know, the fruitful discussion was there, fruitful in the sense that, you know, uh, it, it resulted in us being able to say we can't deal with this thing, you know, tomorrow, given the the issues that have been raised, you know. And uh, I I take the the board's, you know, uh, uh, reiteration of their support, but I suppose what the public mm-hmm. is waiting for is uh, that the board must put their money where their mouths are. And uh, since it is their project, I'm waiting. Yeah. No, we're also waiting and the yeah. public is waiting, Advocate. We were looking yes. forward to the hearings getting in, underway this week because we, we know when we've heard that a lot of groundwork has been done to get to this, to this point. And this was now a critical part of this whole process. But unfortunately, as we've heard, there has, there has been a request for a postponement there and a lot of people, including the transformation, on board, not happy with it. Let's leave it there for now. Um, advocate we'll catch up with you maybe some other time but thank you very much for the clarity that you've given us and just for clarifying a couple of, of issues here you are welcome very much uh, Tavi. so thanks very much thank you advocate to me there and the man i mean we all know his pedigree even i know his pedigree
and 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 his back and, and his background and that's why a lot of people believe that he was supposed to be he was the right man for this job and he sounds very disappointed that the interim board of cricket south africa then at the last minute came out and uh, asked that requested a postponement of this public hearings with even one of them saying, why must these hearings be made public? I mean, that's a shocker considering some of what we had last year from, from, from those that were discriminated, that were excluded by the system um, in South African cricket. But uh, we're going to continue this conversation after the break. This is SAFM Sport with Tabiso Musia. Okay, let's move right along now and we are joined on the line by sports journalist Tisetza Malepa who has been very close to the action. I'm sure you've had him on the show also a few times and we just want to get his views on what is transpiring here um, with this with these hearings. Uh, Tisetza, good evening from us and thanks for speaking to us tonight. Uh, good evening, Tabiso and the team, and good evening to the uh, SFM uh, listeners. I don't know how much of the advocate or the ombuds that you've had, but he really sounds disappointed and is actually very upset, but very upset, but in a polite way at how things have unfolded. Yes, indeed. I, I actually managed to uh, listen to the whole interview. Okay. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I was surprised, we were all surprised yesterday and today when we got the, the announcement of the postponement. And, and I'm even more surprised now after hearing, after listening to what the advocate has just said. So it's really disappointing, uh, given the accounts uh, that are, have just been uh, laid out by the advocate, how the interim board has actually uh, um, handled or mishandled uh, this whole issue. And am I correct to say it's not the first time that there's been a delay in this process? No, no, it's not the first time. It's actually for the... Uh, actually, Tabi, so you remember the, the, the SJN project and the Office of the Ombudsman was first announced in July last year. And, and it was only in August last year that it was uh, established. But uh, a month later in October, shortly after the interim board was installed by uh, the sports minister, uh, it was put on hold, and I remember at the time the reasoning was that they, they, they were going to seek legal advice on how best to carry out this, this very important transformation project. So it is not for the first time, and, 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 and hence, I mean, hence I understand the outrage and the public outcry over, you know, the shock postponement. And I know you're able to dig up more m- more than what others are able to, but what are some of the reasons that you, the advocate has given us some of an idea? He said somebody um, that is part of this interim board is, impl- is implicated. Is that something that you're aware of and who that is? Absolutely, Tavi. So, uh, you know, I wouldn't want to mention names now in this interview. I will reserve that for my story tomorrow. But uh, be that as it may, Tavi, so... I mean, it's very simple. Uh, it was expected, for me at least, that a, a lot of submissions were going to 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 to, to implicate uh, some people uh, who are currently involved or who were previously involved uh, with the CSA. And 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 from my analysis of the situation, uh, I mean, it will not look good on those persons who may or may not have ambitions to serve on the incoming board or executive management, uh, having all these revelations that we had last year, Tabiso, uh, having to be repeated this time, also broadcast to the whole world, uh, having to be repeated during the public hearings, uh, it, it, it will not have looked, uh, uh, looked good on, on, on some of those people who will be implicated, who may or may not have ambitions serve in any way or form uh, uh, in the next discussion after after the AGM. So so it seems like a case of people trying to protect their interest or their reputations here? Absolutely. And, and, and it sounds like, you know, uh, there are people who enjoy special privileges. I mean, uh, public hearings or, or commissions of inquiries or inquiries, uh, I mean, we have had plenty in this country uh, 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 and, and even with Others are still ongoing. You talk about the Zondo Commission. We have never had people staying, and here we're talking about even people in serious government positions and political positions. We have never had people coming and saying, complaining that they, they think that their character or reputation will be marginalized 
by whatever is going to be uh, revealed during the public hearing. So it's kind of strange for me, uh, for, 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 for some people to, to come and want to complain and of, 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 of potential of their, you know, reputation being mm. damaged in, in, in whatever way. Uh, yeah, so that is, that, that is just uh, that, uh, my reading of the situation, Tabi. And what have you heard about some of the submissions? Do you know who has made some of these submissions so far? Yes, uh, 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 just before I go to that, uh, I must also say that, uh, you know, uh, I have been able to be in communication with the interim board uh, earlier today. Mm-hmm. And, they, and their position is that uh, none of them, none of the members who are currently on the interim board actually have ambitions uh, to, to serve in the new CSA board or new executive management. And, and coming to your so 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 then if you had a chat with them then what do you make of their reasons to ask for a postponement what are they giving you clarity do their reasons make sense no no uh, it was just uh, actually out of many questions that i sent to them mm-hmm. they they decided in their wisdom to to reply with a one-liner and the one-liner they, they, they only chose to to reply to a question which asked uh, if any of the members on the current interim board uh, interested in oh, okay. serving in the board. So, yeah. they, so they, but they said yeah. they said there will be a, a, a press conference uh, uh, tomorrow in the next coming days, and that that is where they they, they will uh, clarify all the uh, questions. Okay, and as we speak, Advocate Nsebeza has just popped up on SABC News there on Channel 404. Uh, so, yeah, this is a big story that is developing and going on. So, Tisato, sorry, to, before I came in there, I was just asking what you have heard about the submissions or, or who you know that has made some of these submissions. Yeah, uh, when you talk about players or former players, uh, we know that uh, according to the schedule on Wednesday, Nonwa uh, was also there, a team and were scheduled to, to make their appearance or presentation. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, uh, throughout talking to people and, and my sources, you know, I, and, 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 and I'll just focus on Lona uh, Botosuve's submission in particular, mm. which is the one that I've, I have I have been able to to have sight of, uh, you know, uh, where where among other things you, you will know that he's, he's still bent for his alleged yes. involvement. Among other things, he he wants his sanction to be, to be set aside. He believes that procedurally uh, the processes were not fair, and 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 uh, uh, he wants the sanction to be set aside. Also, not talks about most importantly, you know, he, he talks about. A, a situation sometime back ago, I think what it was around in 2012 when, 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 Okay, just hold on there, Tisatsu. We're losing you at the most critical part here. We're going to try and get you on a better line. Maybe let's take a quick break. This is SAFM Sport with Tabiso Musia. Okay, sorry about that. So we just lost you when you were telling us about a submission of Lonabo Totsobe, which goes back to an incident in 2010. I know we're not going to give much. You also have more of your, on your story tomorrow. Yes, absolutely. Yes, I was just saying, you know, uh, in, in, in Totsobe's submission, he, 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 he details a lot of, uh, uh, you know, events and, 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 and scenarios, but I just want to emphasize on just two of them. You know, one is when where he mentions, and it's not me, it's, that's him in the submission, mm-hmm. where he mentions that uh, sometime in 2012 during the Tour of England, when Mark Boucher got injured, and the gloves were actually given to a bit of yeah. when Tamitu Lekile was uh, apparently next in line and should have uh, taken the gloves. Mm-hmm. And, and those are the states in, that, uh, uh, in his submission that... Uh, a, a former captain who was captain at the time, who's now currently director of cricket, Grant Smith, categorically stated that he will retire from the national team if so they were, was given that love. So, 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 as you can imagine, uh, Smith was going to have to come and explain himself, defend or rebut uh, whatever uh, was submitted by Tsotsobe. And another, uh, quickly, another uh, scenario is, is he mentions. Uh, uh, another event in 2015 when 
2014 or 15, I can't remember properly, but it was leading up to a, a, a World Cup. Mm. He, he, he says in his submission that he was forced to undergo a surgical operation under duress, uh, uh, you know, and, and he was forced to do that. He did that, and he says he miraculously, you know, uh, recovered well in time uh, before the squad, the World Cup squad could be, uh, you know, even the professional squad could be announced. Mm. And he says in his submission that still he came back after the injury, played four domestic uh, matches, and took 13 wickets uh, in those four matches. Uh, and and, and when, when the squad was announced, he was not in the squad. And he says in the, his, his submission that when he asked then former selector Andrew Hudson why he could not make the squad, the explanation from Mr. Hudson, according to the professor's submission, is that uh, no, you did not play enough games. Uh, mm. But it's also says in the submission that that didn't make sense to him because I mean, he had played, he came back, played four matches, took 13 wickets, and, 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 and according to him, it was double standards because some of the white players who got injured at the time, uh, uh, you know, whenever they, they recover, they simply get back into the team. They don't mm. have to play a certain number of matches for some reason. So those are, uh, Mr. Hudson will also have to come and, 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 and would have also have to come and, and defend or rebut whatever has been said. And there are also other numerous uh, uh, things that we probably don't have time to go over. Mm. But yeah, those are uh, some of the things. That is why uh, I said earlier that according to my analysis and my, my, my information and my sources, uh, uh, it, was, it, was, it was inescapable that uh, uh, some of the people who, who, who they want to protect, for lack of a better way, were going to be seriously implicated uh, in the public hearing. Okay, Tisetso, let's leave it there. We look forward to your story tomorrow. Do follow him on Twitter, Tisetso Malepa there. A sports journalist his work does come out in the Sunday Times, also on Times Live, and I'm sure he'll put up a link. But thanks for speaking to us, Tisetso. And then on Twitter, David Indenze says, CSA is white gurus. They must know that gone are the days when you used to do as you pleased in this new South Africa. We won't tolerate this. You have to obey the rules and regulations of SA or else. And Mpoh on Twitter believes that he knows who that one person is implicated from the interim board. He believes it's the former CEO of SA Cricket, Harun Logat there. And yeah, it's, it's shocking that such an important issue keeps being postponed or is being put on ice and people don't even want it to become public. What is it that you don't want people to hear? What is it that you don't want? to be public because the protests if you talk about the protests that's the people's team they belong to the national team they don't belong to anyone um but the, the people and after those revelations of 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 last year i mean you would think that we need to uh, we need we need the truth to come out here. We need to reconcile also. We need to heal those wounds that have been opened of the former players, of the former coaches, of the administrators. Uh, but it looks like people are hell-bent on making sure that this process does not happen. Anyway, let's, by popular demand, let's end with the clip of that interview from last week of the Bafana coach Hugo Bruce saying to us that Mulef Nseki was his assistant, which has been disputed by Safa. So many people have asked us to play it back so that they can hear for themselves that those that have missed it. So here's a couple of minutes of that. Yes, yes, yes. Um, we have already two meetings, and um, I said them um, uh, also. I think we we will good work. To, we will do a good work together, certainly because uh, the way he's thinking of football, the way he's thinking of of choosing players, um, it's is the same like me. So uh, there are some. Um, um, some things who are very important for him in a player and, and it's the same for me I think uh, it will be okay and uh, I was very very happy uh, to meet him and, and to, to discuss with him about football and about football players because he, he helped me already a lot and he will help me uh, a lot the next weeks and months um, to prepare a team uh, to, to select the players uh, and so on and so on because uh, it's very important for me that I have someone beside me, who knows uh, South African football, um, uh, you know, total uh, um, South African football, and you can give me advice in some things. Do you know how to pronounce his name? Uh, it's uh, the former coach. Mulif Inseki. What, sorry? Mulif Inseki. Yeah. Okay, okay, no, and, and he was with the youth teams, and he also took our youth teams to the... To the World Cup. It's uh, Encyclopedia 
um, this man in the uh, of South African football. I can't I can't mention uh, a player or uh, he knows who it is, uh, when he was born, what he's playing, what position. <laughs> he knows everything. So yeah. for me, it's really a fantastic thing to to have him beside me. Yeah. So it's the man that you took over from as Bafana Bafana coach. Yeah. And was it your recommendation? Did you ask to work with him? I uh, I um, I asked uh, by negotiation to have a South African coach mm. uh, next to me, and then um, uh, Safa uh, uh, proposed. What do you think of him? Mm. I said, if he uh, if he likes to be again second uh, assistant, then it's a no problem. So, but I want to talk with him first. Because, uh, you know, it's not easy when you have been uh, um, head coach and then suddenly you are again assistant coach. It's not easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in, in the meeting we had, I felt immediately that um, he's a coach. He's a coach and he wants to, want to do coaching. He wants to work with, with players. And uh, he's ready to be, to be from now again the second man. Um, Okay, so that's it loud and clear. I mean, Hugo Bruce confirming that the former Bafana coach, Melifin is his assistant, but Safa have denied it. Let's play a voice note. Do you remember my voice note, uh, Taviso, when you were interviewing the coach last week? That he is so frank. His statement, knowing Safa, might definitely not go well with Safa. I think I predicted that. KJ. I actually remember this voice note. I do. I do. I promise you I remember even at the back band records of the producer remembers that voice note last Friday. And by the way, um, also Malifinseki's agent did tweet Tato Matuka to say that the coach has been asked to consider the assistant coaching job. It was agreed that both coaches will meet, which they did meet last week, but no terms have been agreed or confirmed. So there it is. The meeting has happened. Um, they, well, I mean, it, 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 he's confirming that he's been offered the job of assistant coach. So we believe today there was a meeting between Mulif Nsegi and uh, Safa just to finalize the terms and the T's and C's of this, uh, of this position. It looks like they've not been able to find each other at the moment. We don't know. Hopefully we'll get something that comes out from them tomorrow or maybe they found each other. We don't know because the meeting was today, but we'll get something for you tomorrow. But there you have it then. Yeah, no, it's just a mess. Welcome, welcome to South African football. Hugo Bruce, welcome to Safa, because the way they've handled this coaching appointment, it, it just shows you now with what's happening now with this news of the assistant coach. It's just been messy from the beginning. Anyway, we, we really have to leave it there now. It's time for news.